You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Sassy Seniors is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code SASSY10, S-A-S-S-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order, no minimum, at Petco.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Kelly Jackson with another edition of Sassy Seniors here on Pet Life Radio. Before we get started and before I introduce our guest, I want to give a shout out to Wando. Times apparently tough all over. He is a police canine with the Jeanette, Pennsylvania Police Department. Well, he actually he used to be a canine, but starting October 5th, this drug sniffing dog services will no longer be needed. Apparently, because of budget cuts, the city council has voted to lay off city workers. And guess what? Wando is included. So the six-year-old German shepherd is out of a job. I feel so bad for the little fella, but who knows? Maybe after so much news coverage, maybe the city council will change their mind and give Wando back his job. Anyway, we're going to be back after this short break with... Dawn Sylvia Stavowitz. Guess what? She has just written a book. It's called Love That Dog. It's a training program, and you could basically have a new dog in five weeks. And she's also the former trainer of Bo Obama. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Sassy Seniors is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to 1-800-PETMEDS.com forward slash sassy, S-A-S-S-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PETMEDS.com. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. So pleased to have Dawn Sylvia Stavwitz with us. She's written a book called The Love That Dog Training Program. Welcome to Pet Life Radio, Dawn. Thank you for having me very much. Well, I got to tell you, there are so many reasons why I love this book. But one of the biggest reasons, you have pictures. <laughs> pictures tell 
a lot. And people like those pictures. They need a visual to try and explain something. It's much easier to demonstrate it. Absolutely. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, Dawn, you've been an animal trainer for more than 20 years? Yes. Yes, I have been. Mother, trainer of (laughs) all species. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will ask you about the most famous dog in the world a little later. We'll uh, hold off on on Mr. Bo Obama because I really do want to get into your book. Mainly, we do a lot of talking about senior pets. And what I like about your book is that you say you really can teach an old dog new tricks, huh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The younger the dog starts learning, the brain is like a muscle. And a young dog, their brain is also like a sponge and they absorb everything. So the earlier they start learning, the easier learning becomes as they mature. And they can continue learning new things well into their golden years. Absolutely. 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 Well, another thing I like about this, now you say in in five weeks you can teach your dog some pretty fascinating things, some pretty basic things, but some other things that dogs really need to learn. Uh, Yes. Uh, In five weeks your dog will learn all the basics that he needs to know. So you can live with them. Even if your dog is going to be a future show dog, he still needs to have some manners training. Otherwise, you won't be able to live with him. And that is teaching him how to function in a world uh, with people in, mm-hmm. in, in society. Dogs are dogs, and they have their own. I mean, if, without training a dog, he'll grow up to be a dog and just totally destroy your house and jump on people and uh, be a big embarrassment. And you use the positive reinforcement approach, right? In fact, yes. I, I use the positive uh, reinforcement, and that's the real issue, is that it's a gentle way to train your best friend. And the problem is that many people don't understand the, the bare concept and the philosophy behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, they just think of food, and the dog does the behavior, and then you get rid of the food. And that's not the case. It's a whole learning theory process that you phase the food out and incorporate toys and games and all kinds of other things. Anything the dog likes can be used as a reward. Right. And uh, one of the things you say is, you know, trust instead of physical threats. You know, just the other day, I was walking Um, my dog and one of, I guess she's one of my neighbors and, you know, she was like, yelling at her dog and she's like if you don't sit because she was just trying to sniff my dog she's like if you don't sit i'm going to use the fly swatter on you is that really necessary no now does the dog really understand that what no, the dog exactly heard was blah 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 in an angry tone of voice <laughs> right that's what the dog heard blah 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 she's angry i don't know why so you can prepare a dog to sit when meeting and greeting people and then give him permission to go sniff Mm-hmm. So the dog, it's a kind of a win-win. You get your sit, and the dog gets to sniff, providing, of course, the other dog doesn't mind, and you and the person that you're talking to doesn't mind. So it's, And you have to trust your dog. Right. If you Things don't trust that, your dog, then it's not a good idea to let him go sniff someone's butt, dog's right. butt, anyone's <laughs> butt. <laughs> And speaking of tone, you have in your book the verbal cues of the tone and how often 
the verbal cues, you know, first I like to teach hand signals because many dogs don't look at their owners and pay enough attention. So hand signals, the dog has to look at you to see what you're saying. So it's very easy because dogs are nonverbal animals. They're watching everything that you do. And then we will, once we teach the behavior with the hand signals, then we give it a name, sit. And the dog will learn to sit and get his reward at the end of the behavior, not before. So what kind of hand signal do you the, use? In the book, the illustrations, and many people have you know, various signals. What I see a lot in class are people that point to their dog. Like they'll point to the rear end and say, sit. Like pointing to the rear end, the dog understands that. But really? It, the dog, they will understand it. And some people think that they don't have signals when, in fact, their body gestures are giving cues to the dog as to what they want the dog to do. I test that theory in class all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everybody's got something that they do with their eyes, their hands, their feet mm. that cues the dog to the behavior. What about the tone of voice and how often should you say, you know, sit to a dog? Well, that's a very good point. What I like to incorporate and to keep people so they can understand and so the dog can understand that telling a dog to sit and down and running through this boring routine, you know, the dog, okay, is sitting, but we really want the dog to understand the relevance Mm -hmm. of what sit means and what down means. So I incorporate what is called real-life rewards. In essence, you're taking your dog off welfare and giving him a job. He's not out hunting. The police dog's out of work. They need something to do. And so when you have your dog sit and then present his food, sit, he gets his water bowl filled, sit, the door opens, sit, the leash goes on. The dog goes, oh, wow, when I sit, great things happen for me. And that's a wonderful, wonderful way to train your dog, especially if, say, one day you don't have enough time. If your real-life rewards are in place, then that kind of backs up your training Mm -hmm. and keeps the dog fine-tuned. And I can always tell when students are not doing their real-life rewards. And how's that? Because when the dogs stay with me and I'm presenting them their food and they don't sit, I'm Mm. like, "Uh uh-huh, someone's (laughs) slacking off here, and it's not the dog. (laughs) They weren't doing their homework, yes. Uh, Yeah, and real-life rewards are so easy. I mean, you're going to pet your dog anyway. You're going to love your dog. You're going to give him treats. Uh, You're going to want him on your bed. All I'm saying is ask him to do something first to earn that so he learns to work for other things besides food and toys. It's a canine equivalent to, please, may I? Mm. And he sits. And dogs will learn to communicate with you when they want something by sitting. They I've know. seen dogs that, you know, they know it's dinner time, and they'll go over and sit in the spot where their food is usually served and wait. Yeah. And you know, There's... oh, my gosh, it's dinner time, and he knows that. <laughs> Don, what are some of the hardest things to teach a dog? The hardest things, I think... Uh, is, first of all, getting the owners to pay attention to their dogs so they will learn to read their dog's body language, which gives off a lot of information. Uh, One of the hardest problems is to get a dog to stop jumping. 
And dogs come fully equipped knowing how to jump because it's learned in the litter. And when they come to your house, they're going to try and play with you and get attention from you the only way they knew how and what they've already learned, and that is to jump. Cute little puppies jump. Owners reach down and pet them, not realizing that in a few months this dog's going to be a horse. And the dog's not going to realize he's a horse, and he's going to keep jumping. Uh, It's got to be a very black and white issue. Either you're going to let your dog jump or you're not going to let him jump. The middle ground is to put the jumping on cue and teach your dog to jump when you ask for it. It's no different than asking your dog to sit. You're putting, a dog knows how to sit anyway. You're just putting it on cue so he sits when you want him to sit. You can do the same thing with jumping. You can do the same thing with barking. And how do you get a dog not to jump on you? Well, first of all, you know, I don't allow it. And I tell owners to keep their hands out of the picture. Don't reach down and push the dog away with your hands because the dogs don't always know the difference between is she reaching down to pet me and love me or is she reaching down to push me away. So if a dog, I'm constantly watching the dogs. And a dog, I I can always tell when they're getting ready to spring. And I turn my back and walk away and I ignore them. And typically they'll follow you. And then I will turn around and look at the dog, and I'll do one of two things. I'll either wait for him to offer me a sit, or I'll wait and then request a sit. Either way, the jumping is not going to be rewarded. Don't pay attention to anything that you don't like. If your dog, you know, playing, keep away. Dogs love to be chased. And owners get caught up in that game all the time. You know, don't chase your dog. If he's got something and he's going to go away with it and he's trying to get your attention first, I turn and walk the other way. If he comes to me, I make trades. That's really hard for people to understand. We're offering the dog something in exchange for what he's got. So he learns to give things up because it's to his advantage. Interesting. So he's not running under the bed and you're trying to you know, grab whatever he's got under the bed, which I would never reach under a bed to grab something from a dog. I mean, that's a sure way to get bitten. He's under there for a reason. Yes. And, <laughs> so. if you know, that's behavior that he'll keep doing over and over and over if you don't break him of it. Yes. Once, the, because if the dog bites you, he's going to get a reaction out of you, which means you're going to pull away. And the dog's going to realize it. Oh, gosh, that worked. And then each time if that behavior is repeated, the dog is going through rehearsing. He's going to get better and better at snapping at you because he knows it works to the point where owners won't become afraid of their dogs. And what do you do with a a dog that has aggression or starts building it out of sometimes (laughs) I hear people say, my dog like out of the blue, now he's getting more aggressive. Uh, You know, many of these aggression, number one, is thrown around a lot. And I've gone on cases where the dog was supposedly aggressive, and he's not. I've got a a border collie I took out of rescue, came to me as dog aggressive. He's not. He's not. I've got it all on film. He's not. He's just a pushy dog that wasn't properly socialized when he was younger. Now he's getting along fine. Aggression, people throw that word around a lot. And typically, red flags go up fairly early in the dog's uh, maturity. And owners miss those red flags. 
and then it snowballs into what may be aggression, what may not be. I don't know until I get to the owner's house. And is the dog aggressive? Because I hate to put these two together, but sometimes dogs will, you know, bite out of fear. And people will confuse that with the true aggression. And it's not. I think a fearful dog, in my opinion, is more likely to bite than one that's truly aggressive. And then you need to figure out the triggers. What happens before the dog aggresses, you know? Mm-hmm. What's happening? What was the trigger? What made that happen? And you can you got to figure it out. That's why I want people to start with hand signals, positive reinforcement. If you make a mistake, the reality is nobody gets hurt. With traditional training, and that's how I learned, using choke collars and things like that, if you make a mistake and give the correction at the wrong time, the dog gets hurt mm-hmm. and confused. So what I'm saying, let's flip the coin. Let's pay attention to the good behaviors, and the more you pay attention to those, the bad behaviors will start to fade away. In your book also you have, be a tree. What do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, be a tree. If your dog pulls, don't walk. Don't move in the direction he's pulling. Stop and be a tree. And he's going to say, what's that dead weight? at the end of the leash doing (laughs) and the dog is going to turn around and look at you and you're going to mark it and say good dog and then lure him back to you get him back into a sit next to you and then start over i have a question for you you may not you may not i mean if you want to go to the dog park you may have to start an hour before you really want to be there you know my dog is 13 and so i'm sure he has a few learned behaviors, but he is one of the best dogs in the world. But there are times when I'm walking. He's a Shih Tzu. Oh. <laughs> but there so are times cute. when I'm walking him, he'll stop and he'll dig his pads, you know, into the ground. And, you know, he doesn't want to come back in. He wants to stay out and walk. And he'll just stand there. And what do I do? Maybe I'm not taking control of the situation as much well, as I one, should be. He's, number one, he's 13. <laughs> right. And number two, how long has he been doing that? Forever. <laughs> okay. So if he's been doing this forever, it's going to take a long time to try and change that behavior. I mean, he's 13. Right. That, that should have been addressed when it, that's, again, what I'm talking about. We're going back to red flags. He displayed that behavior earlier in his youth. That was a red flag. And, you know, sometimes it's cute. It gets, yeah. you know, ignored. And then it snowballs into what you have right now. You can try, um, does he like a tennis ball? Uh, does he like to yes. reward him when he comes in the house? And he, he doesn't do it every day, trust me. But only on no, occasion, you know, he'll, he'll do he'll it. Do when it. He catches you off guard. Yeah. Yeah, or probably one of those days where you want to do a quick walk and get back inside. <laughs> exactly. You exactly. know, because you don't have time. And he's like, wait, you know, it's almost like the dog is saying, hey, wait a minute. Uh, we usually walk for 15 minutes, and now you've got me down to five, you know? <laughs> no, right. And they know. Oh, my and goodness. Also- okay, we're going to continue this conversation. We're talking with Don Sylvia Saswitz. I said that wrong, didn't I? Saswitz. <laughs> Sa- I'm so sorry. She has the book, Love That Dog Training Program. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about the most famous dog in the country, Also, some other famous dogs that you have trained. So we'll be right back.
We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Sassy Seniors is brought to you by Pet Care Rx, America's most affordable pet pharmacy. Pet Care Rx offers the same meds as top vets, but with the savings up to 50%. So go to PetCareRx.com. Use promo code SASSY10, S-A-S-S-Y, and the number 10, and receive $10 off orders of $50 or more and free shipping on all orders over $35 at PetCareRx.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back with Dawn Sylvia Saswitz. She's written the book, Love That Dog Training Program. And um, Dawn, I was uh, reading your book, and apparently a special little dog has um, a birthday this week, celebrating a birthday. Cappy, which is the litter mate to the president's dog, who's owned by Senator Kennedy and Vicki, and I refer to him as Charlie. Bo. Okay, so... He'll be getting their second year. Is that amazing? Now, I've got to ask you, and I know the world wants to know, how did it come about that you trained the first dog you trained this dog before it made its way to the white house yes he came to me uh, through uh vicky kennedy i knew the breeder and the breeder is the same breeder uh, where all of the kennedy dogs are from so she just wanted me to evaluate the dog because he was going to be rehomed and i said sure fine no problem i'll do anything for you vicky and i picked him up and uh, took him to my ex-husband's office for a dental appointment and calm as a cucumber, not stressed at all from, you know, the traveling and all of the other things, you know, that he had been through. And I was quite, quite pleased. How long did you train him, Dawn? I think I had him for about maybe six or eight weeks, a couple of months, a couple of months. It was fun. First of all, I, I'm oh. a big fan of Porty. Oh. I, used, I used to own a Porty back in the 80s when oh. they were first introduced to the United States. And for some people who may not know, they're Portuguese water dogs. 
Yes, Portuguese water dog. Uh, we call them porties. And I had one. My children were little. And she was just the best dog. There were allergies in the family. So I was looking at, you know, poodles and various other breeds. But I went to a lot of dog shows and researched and talked to a lot of people. And I ended up choosing a Portuguese water dog. And uh, she was wonderful and very bright. So I needed to evaluate this dog to see what would be a good fit, where he would fit in. Because the worst thing, you know, for a dog is to be bounced from home to home to home. We don't want that. We want to make right. a good evaluation and make a proper placement. And uh, Vicky checked with me, uh, you know, a few weeks later. She checked in often, and I was just, you know, floored. When you found uh, out that, um, and we should say Vicky is the, well, the wife of no. Senator Light Ted Kennedy, right? Yes. I was floored what a great dog he was. Oh. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I had not one accident in the house. He clearly let me know when he wanted to go out. So the previous home where he had been was good to him. There were just some behaviors that I wanted to fine-tune and, and install in him. And I did, and uh, had he not gone where he went, I wanted to be next in line. Oh, I would have well, taken him in a heartbeat. <laughs> so um, I have a feeling he, so great. he passed with flying colors, huh? He got a gold star from you. Yeah, and, and I, the, the way I worked with him is the way I would work with anyone that would send their dog to me and the way that I work my own dogs because in the future... You know, I may want to show a dog, get into some sporting event. So in order to do that, you have to socialize, 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 and take the dog out and expose them to as much as you possibly can think of that he will encounter at some point in his life. So you start working on it while they're young. So Charlie went a lot of places, Target. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'll go anywhere with a dog until they say no dogs are allowed. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see a sign. <laughs> but I got my three minutes in, and that's all it takes. Three minutes here, three minutes there. We went to the bank, went to Target, went strip malls, went by playgrounds, introduced him to my neighbor's uh, children. It was just, and he was great. I mean, the, and the breeder, of course, Martha and uh, Art Stern, are really good breeders. Their temperaments of their dogs are just exquisite. So when did you actually find out that Charlie, a.k.a. Bo, um, is actually yeah, destined um, to the White House? It was, gosh, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks beforehand, you know, I uh -huh. found out. But I wasn't nervous. It, to me, they were just, another family and they had children mm -hmm. and that i wasn't nervous at all well know, that's because people. you've been a trainer for two decades me i would have been like i would have been eyeballing him for the last <laughs> two weeks <laughs> oh yeah i had trust and faith in this dog so much and i mean in my heart i knew once they met him I mean, I don't know what the conversation consisted of because it was between the family. But my, in my heart, I knew that, you know, it was love at first sight. I bet you it know, was. So I was a, I was a little teary-eyed. 
knowing that my time was limited. Now when you see him, you know, going on boarding, you know, the Air Force One or the uh, helicopter with the families, and when you see him trotting along, I'm sure you have a certain amount of pride. Uh, Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely, his pride, especially when he was on the Oprah show. I'm sure everybody saw that. Just an easygoing guy. Charlie was that way as a young puppy, and he will continue to be that way, I'm pretty sure, as he grows. Mm -hmm. And it's obvious when you see him on television that his training is being maintained. Training never ends. It just gets easier. And that's the beauty of positive reinforcement, because we can get kids in the training process. I was going to ask you that, too. When it comes to training a dog, it is important to get the kids involved, right? I think it's important to get the the whole family involved. My children were involved with all of my dog uh, training from the time that they were toddlers, you know? And again, they were mimicking me, but they knew how to interact with dogs. And my kids never roughhoused with any of my dogs. Playing with my dogs, our dogs, was training, playing school, being the teacher, the dog's a student, you know, playing communion in the church. Yeah, got communion, cracker, a drink of water. I've got all these pictures. <laughs> I mean, that's just the, my kids' you know, tea parties, you know, having the dog sit at the sit stay at the tea party and he drinks out of a cup of you know teacup of water. There are all kinds of ways that you can get children involved. I would not ever put a choke chain on a dog and give it to a child. It's just I believe it's wrong. I think you're putting yeah. the dog at risk and the child at great risk. And unfortunately, the dog's going to go if he hurts your child. You hear that, listeners? Do not have a child handle a dog with a choke chain. And always supervise. You've mm-hmm. got to supervise. Because, you know, one-on-one kids are pretty good. But when you get a group of them together, yeah. IQ level drops <laughs> <laughs> with the children. <laughs> so you really need to go for teenagers. So you really need to supervise all the interactions. You know, my kids used to crate each other. You know, I've got pictures of that. My dogs never minded my kids being in there because my kids, when they went in their crates, the dogs' crates, they always had some doggy kibble or a doggy bone, you know, to feed the dogs. So there's a lot of ways that kids can get involved. And the other thing, too, to remember is, and I've never done this, my dogs are my dogs. I did the research. Never buy a dog or adopt a dog because your child wants one. Typically, the age that people get a dog for a child is 7 and 10, uh, which they think is is a good age. And and it is, but it's fleeting because then they have school events, they have sleepovers, they have parties, and they start driving, and and the parents uh, inherit the dog. So you're saying... Even though if your child wants one, you have to make sure you're truly on board with it as well. Exactly. If your child wants a dog and you're not ready, don't get the dog. Great. You have to be on board and have a very long, ongoing conversation with your children. If you decide, yes, I would like a dog, then you need to decide 
what kind of dog is going to suit the family. The one thing about the Portuguese water dog that's just so is attractive is that they come in two coat varieties. They're good swimmers. They're smart. They Some are super high energy. Some are super low energy. They're considered non-shedding. But when you get into a non-shedding breed, people don't realize that the grooming is high maintenance. The majority of the Portuguese water dogs that you see out there are hand, a little That's bit a of flipping. I've done it, and it's a lot of work, and you have to be very talented, and the dog has to be very patient, and you have to be very patient. So that's one thing is that, you know, they're a high-maintenance breed for grooming, and they're not a breed for everybody. Some people just don't like them. Well, apparently the first family loves their dog. (laughs) Hey, um, Dawn, we're going to start to wrap this up, and I wanted to get some final thoughts from you. Three things that our viewers should know when it comes to training a dog, no matter what age. Can you give us a a couple of quick little tips? You need to research your breed, okay? Socialization for young puppies is paramount. You've got to do it. When you get your dog, put them on a schedule. Teach them to accept the crate. Don't use it as punishment. And make training fun. Make training fun. If it's not fun your dog won't enjoy it. Good advice. And I have another question, my final question. You have two of your own dogs. They must be the most well-behaved dogs around. Are they? <laughs> you know, there are no perfect dogs. <laughs> I have an 8-year-old Ibisen hound, um, so he's getting up there. And then I have this uh, Border Collie who's almost three, um, who's got some issues. But for the most part, they're pretty good. Good to know. Absolutely. They've got all their basics down. All their basics down. Well, the book is The Love That Dog Training Program. Dawn, by the way, you're going to be in St. Louis on Friday, right? You're going to be in my hometown. Oh, yes, I am. I am. I certainly will be there. I think that's for the big read. That's right. That's right. So if you... If you want to meet Dawn in person, go to the Big Read Book Festival because she's going to be there. Yes, this has been so great. Maybe you'll be there. I, unfortunately, will be in Chicago. Oh, okay. <laughs> or else yeah. I would have been there to meet you. Trust me. Okay. I believe you. I believe you. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be a nice weekend. It's going to be a nice yeah. weekend. Well, Absolutely. Dawn, thank you so much. And the book thank is wonderful. You. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. Okay. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Sassy Seniors. We will see you again very soon, you guys. So thanks for tuning in. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.